Welcome to Dementia Dialogue. My name is Elaine Wiersma. I am an associate professor in the Department of Health Sciences and a researcher with the Center for Education and Research on Aging and Health at Lakehead University in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Our Dementia Dialogue podcast series allows those with lived experience, care partners, experts, and advocates the opportunity to share their stories with each other and with a broader community. Dementia is more than being forgetful. Dementia is a very misunderstood condition and one of the best ways to challenge the stigma and misunderstanding of dementia is to hear the stories of those living with this condition. Thank you so much, Rachel, for joining me and sharing a bit about your experiences of having a, a parent with early onset Alzheimer's. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you. So let's get started. Tell us a bit about your experience growing up with your mom, knowing that you had a family history of early onset Alzheimer's. Growing up, my mom always had us very involved with the Alzheimer's Society. I remember going to Alzheimer walks before I could even walk. There's pictures <laughs> dating back to that. Um, growing up, I just always kind of knew that one day my mom could start to experience those sort of symptoms the same that um, she had seen in her mom. I guess it was always just kind of in the back of our heads, like any little time that she had maybe forgotten something, we were always jumping to think, is this the start? It was definitely something that we always kind of talked about and thought about, but uh, it was never really, I never really took into consideration that it could be something that was going to actually one day happen. Mm -hmm. And your mom was quite young when she uh, first developed Alzheimer's. Yes, I believe she was 45 when we started noticing, 44, 45. Yeah, that's very young. When did you first start noticing symptoms in your mom? And what kinds of things were you noticing? I would have been 14 years old when I first started noticing symptoms in my mom. The day that we really realized that something was going on was that she had dropped me off at a lacrosse practice and she did not return to pick me up. I had went home with friends after the game, just family friends. And then we were going to try and track down my mom. We had contacted some family friends to see if anyone had heard from her. Uh, later on, we ended up hearing from a hospital that was two and a half hours away from us stating that she was brought there by ambulance. Uh, the car had ran out of gas and she had started walking on the road. Um, those would have been, that would have been kind of the first thing that was brought to our attention about my mom and her starting to forget things. Um, other than that, we did notice like I'd go to friends on the weekends and then I'd have to remind her the address of where she had dropped me off or I had to remind her like, time multiple different times just like simple finding her keys or more like kind of reminding her like or asking her I guess if she had done this throughout the day or what she had done that day um, while we were away at school those were kind of indicators that something was up and she wasn't really remembering too much of what was going on uh, short term. So um, what what was sort of happening around that time in terms of of were there other supports coming in at some, um, did you see a doctor to get a diagnosis? How did all of that happen? 
at that time she was definitely referred back to I'm not sure if it was children's aid had came in to see us or if it was um some sort of counselor that came in to talk to us and we just kind of were like no we don't think like we had to definitely talk about like where we wanted to go if um, things ended up progressing with my mom and she needed some sort of kind of help. Um, and then we, and then it was a really a different time that we, she had really been feeling off and she kept telling me she doesn't feel good. She doesn't feel good. And I really kind of had done some more looking into Alzheimer's at that point on my own. And I had convinced her and I said, maybe we should go up to the hospital. Like, I think we should go to the hospital, just make sure everything's going, everything's fine. Everything checks out. So when we got there, uh, we went to Emerge and they just kind of did like a mini cog and they were just like asking her all sort of questions about like the time of year it was, the date it was. And that's kind of what really stuck out that I was like, there's something wrong. It, this At this point, it was in the winter and they asked her what month it was. And I think that she had said that it was September. So that was kind of off. There was snow on the ground and then she didn't know the date. And other than that, like they had given her the three or it was either three or five words to remember. And she wasn't able to remember them by the end of the rest of the conversation. So then at, after the mini cog and the assessment at the hospital is really when we started to go see different doctors. So then um, she was referred to like a genetic counselor because of like our family history with Alzheimer's. And then that's kind of when her family doctor started to come into play and then things just started to progress further. And then she ended up in the nursing home. What was the length of time between when you first started noticing symptoms and, and when she moved, made the move to long-term care? Um, so from the first symptoms that we noticed, within six months, she was placed in the hospital because they still weren't, wasn't sure what was going on. So she was on um, the psych ward there. So for them to kind of figure out what was going on mentally. And then after that, that's when they began to do their testing for dementia and Alzheimer's. And then six months after that, she was in uh, the nursing home. So within a year span, she was in the nursing home. That's how quickly it had progressed. Very fast. That must have been a lot as a, a yeah. teenager. What, what, what was life like for you as a teenager whose mom was experiencing the symptoms of dementia? Um, looking back, I look and question how I did it. Um, I was very, I kept it very quiet. Not a lot of my friends knew what was going on in my life. I had a close two or three friends that kind of knew what was going on and I had like supports at the school like some really close teachers that I was able to talk to but other than that um I just tried like as a 14 15 16 year old girl like I just wanted to fit in right like I didn't want there to be things in my life that were going to make me stand out even any more than other things as a 16 year old girl but I just tried to fit in as much as possible and I didn't want to bring that burden to anyone and make anyone feel more as not make my friends feel awkward because they had no way of kind of supporting me right it's a tough thing to go through as a child and a lot of my friends obviously have never been through things like this before so it's not like it's an easy subject or situation to support someone when you have really no idea what's going on how do you think those experiences influenced you as a person who you are today 
I think that living through, like, and watching my mom go through Alzheimer's and just seeing her her being cared for at the nursing home and stuff like that has really made me want to get into like healthcare and become a nurse. Um, just being able to help people and like help people when they can't help themselves and kind of be able, try and be able to treat them still as they were before. Like a disease is really important to me. Like um, understanding that, like just seeing like my mom in the home and seeing her frustration that when she was trying to speak things and couldn't, um, I just, it's really important to me to be able to, in my career now, help people like with similar like diagnosis like that to like help them feel as much as like themselves as they can, instead of treating them like the medical issue that they have <laughs> so that they're more than just their diagnosis. Um, I think that just seeing the way that like my mom was treated by her nurses and stuff like that, like that really made me want to be able to do that for someone else's family. So I think that's kind of influenced <laughs> my choice of work. You also, Rachel, have done quite a lot of, of advocacy work in speaking out and in sharing your story and trying to raise funds for the Alzheimer's Society. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, so the last few years I've participated in the Walk for Alzheimer's. Um, every year I strive to be one of the top fundraisers and to reach my goal each year. Um, it's really brought a lot of like excitement to me for doing it every spring. It kind of is like a time where I can more like just kind of not necessarily remember my mom more, but just kind of do things that she used to do. And it just kind of makes me feel closer to her at that time, definitely. And yeah, like I just I love hearing other people's stories and meeting other people from the community that are going through similar things and being able to understand through like work and school and stuff like that, that everyone's experience with Alzheimer's is definitely different and it definitely varies. And I just love hearing about all that. Um, it's definitely something that a lot of people, I think that are my age don't really know about unless that they have experienced it in their lifetime somehow. So I like being able to post things on social media and talk to like my friends about it and just kind of like inform them more and if not just like even friends of friends right like just kind of be able to share my story and help other people that are maybe going through it like I was and just too afraid to reach out. There's definitely a lot of power in sharing your story and and really helping to create awareness that that may not be there otherwise. You've decided to get testing to find out if you have the same genetic mutation that your mom had, and uh, which would mean that that you would also develop early onset Alzheimer's. What led you to make that decision? There was a lot of factors that influenced my decision. For me, my mom never got the testing until it was too late. And I know that for me, I think that when I picture my future life, like I don't want to be living my like starting my 40s and just wondering when is um like when is the disease going to hit me as it um hit my mom and my grandma both early in their 40s so I don't want that to be a fear in my life that I'm always going to be wondering when is this going to start when is it going to hit and have any um impact on how I live my life I think for me it's more scary not knowing if I'm going to have the mutation 
Um, so yeah, I think that that's kind of something that I want to be able to hopefully be able to plan my life around and just have things in place for if anything does happen. Um, I decided to not get my testing done until I was finished my schooling just to, just so that it's not an extra thing on my plate if I do have the mutation. Um, but it definitely is something that I want to know so I can, yeah, just plan for it in my life and be able to have supports and have support set up for my future family if that's the route that I go or just be able to be more aware of things that could possibly happen down the line. Yeah, it's such a personal decision and and other folks who are in a similar situation to you of having a family history of, of young onset dementia where there is that genetic mutation component. Um, you know, there's there's different ways of, of handling that and responding to that. And, and it's a very personal choice. So thank you for sharing that. Have you thought about what it will feel like to get the results of the testing? Um, it's definitely something that I think about often. I definitely think that it's going to be scary for sure. Um, it's a long process to be able to get to go through. Like I have to have um, I have to have supports. I have to go through some counseling and stuff like that, which I know that um, when I do get my results, either way, I'm going to have to talk to someone about it. I think that, yeah, just honestly, like me being able to share my story and have more people in my life understand what is going on in my life or what my potential life could look like is helpful. Um, I think that it's nice that I'm able to, that I have such good supports now and I'm able to talk to people and make plans with people who I feel like are going to be in my life forever just to kind of understand what's going on. And I hope that that kind of makes it easier when I do find out my results one day, either way, if they're good news or bad news, we'll have the people there for me in my corner and we'll make it all work in the end. <laughs> It's great that you have such wonderful support around you. And I, I know you've, you've got that in your life and I'm very happy for you for that. And how have you, or, or do you think you will prepare for getting those results and what that might mean for your life? I haven't really thought of that too much as I'm going to wait another two years or so to do my testing. I think that that's kind of going to have to be something as I'm doing the process that I just kind of sit down, figure that out and kind of see who I all have in my corner at that time and kind of have a plan in place. Um, definitely will want to have my supports with me though, like after my meetings, good or bad and stuff like that, just to have someone to talk to and have also an extra set of ears with me there to under fully be able to understand all the information either way. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I really haven't thought about it too much. I think that if I do have the mutation, I think that there's a lot of things in my life that I'm going to want to do right away, just traveling and stuff like that, like just making the most of I the most of my time that I can. Um, definitely looking into like clinical trials and stuff like that that's going on and definitely finding ways that hopefully can slow things down. And maybe by that point the um, technology in this world and we'll be a little advanced and we won't have to worry too, too much about that. What else would you like others to know about young onset dementia? I think the biggest thing for me that I have now kind of reflected on is that at the time when I wasn't, I didn't really understand fully what was going on um, 
is that the outbursts and like the like the behaviors that my mom had went through that it wasn't directed at me exactly right like it wasn't it wasn't her making these decisions and it wasn't her making these choices and choosing to forget things and at that time in my life I wasn't really I didn't really understand too much that if it was just oh she just is not paying attention to what I'm having to say but and then I think I really definitely as like a 15 year old girl I was kind of like oh like you just don't care like you just don't pay attention and then realizing now like that's not what it was so I definitely think that like being able to educate yourself on it either while you're going through it or after it's really important because it kind of helps you get that closure that understanding of what the disease is and that it's taking over the person and it's not them kind of changing and they're still in there and they're still always going to be that person who they were I think that's kind of the most important thing that I've kind of taken away from everything and how I've learned to kind of understand and grow with the fact that I have experienced the disease and people in my life and with people in my life and how it's changed my life and my brother's life and stuff like that as well. Even though it's a challenging situation to go through for sure, um, it's made you into the person that you are. And I think that's a pretty great person. So thank you. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for taking the time to share your experiences um, of caring for your mom with young onset dementia and your decisions about your own future and, and your perspectives on, on getting tested for, uh, for that genetic mutation. Sharing that story is so important in creating awareness. So we thank you so much for taking the time to do that with us. Thank you for having me to allow me to share my story and hopefully connect someone else out there will hear it and be able to understand and kind of feel like they're not so alone in their own situation. Thank you for joining us today. Dementia Dialogue podcast is supported by the Center for Education and Research on Aging and Health at Lakehead University, as well as from the Public Health Agency of Canada, the Dementia Community Investment Project. We are pleased to have received financial support from partners like the Geriatric Health Systems Group at the University of Waterloo, the Center for Personhood and Dementia at the University of British Columbia, the Ontario Brain Institute, and the Canadian Consortium for Neurodegeneration on Aging for specific podcasts and series. For information on how you can stay connected to Dementia Dialogue, we invite you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and through our website, www.dementiadialogue.ca.